is it any surprise? I mean, Jordan Travis is a player who has been developed immensely uh, since he got to Florida State. And, I mean, that's a testament to FSU's coaching staff, but it's also a testament to a very special work ethic and mindset that a guy like Jordan Travis has. And I mean, it's allowed him to make leaps and bounds that I don't think a lot of us thought were possible um, whenever he came into Florida State in 2019 from Louisville or when he stepped out as a starter in 2020 at times for Florida State. I mean, the develop the developments that he's made over the last couple of years are comparable to, to not many other players um, to play in college football. So it's, it's been pretty insane to see. And I think you've got to like where he's going right now, definitely continuing to progress as a leader. And then he's just developing more chemistry with these guys, understanding more nuances of, of Mike Norvell's offense. Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, a.k.a. P-Dub. In the house, so we're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by Noel Game Day. Go live, go Noel. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, go Noel. This is Terrell Buckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by Noel Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Dion Primetime Sanders. Great Dion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What's happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from Here the Spear, presented to you by NoelGameDay.com. We are here live on a fantastic Wednesday. The whole crew is here once again. Up there at the top is Austin Deasy, our lead basketball writer at NoelGameDay.com. And down below, our editor-in-chief at NoelGameDay, Dustin Lewis. Gentlemen, we are halfway well into spring camp. Austin's basketball season is well over, but it's starting to get a little interesting with transfers in and waiting on transfers out. But, gentlemen, how are you doing this evening? Doing good. I'm just wondering, why am I at the bottom? That's where you deserve to be. Oh, well. <laughs> good start. You know, I need to bring this up. We talked about it in the group chat, but chat GPT, you know, the new AI system that will write everything for you and take care of all your homework, I looked up what is Here the Spear, and the only two co-hosts it mentioned was Logan Robinson and Austin VZ. Dustin, you are not okay. listed onto there. What is your comments towards the AI bot chat GPT? Well, my comments first are that I was the one that informed you of that. It was, it was not an organic search on your part, but it's kind of disappointing. I mean, I, I show up more than Austin. I'm always talking in these interviews. It's, it's, it's not always my fault that I'm not on here. I'm not blaming you necessarily, but ChatGBT needs to put some respect on my name. I mean, <laughs> what is that? I don't know. It's not on there. I don't know what's going on. Uh, but if you type in Noel Game Day, it helps out my ego a little bit. <laughs> I guess go. your name just doesn't, doesn't hold weight is what it is, apparently. Yeah. My body. Maybe does. not. <laughs> Tough. Tough scenes out here. 
<laughs> tough scenes out here for DLU, but oh well. I just thought I'd bring that up just to get the thing started and get Dustin a little riled up to begin our show this Wednesday evening a little bit earlier than usual. But got a handful of things going on for the show tonight. Not as crazy pack, no guests this week, but we've got some practice observations to go through. A lot of veterans, returning players, including Jordan Travis, Jared Burst, Johnny Wilson, really heating up and showing some improvement per Mike Norbell. Dustin was in attendance for the practice on Tuesday and also last week's in and off the week. And then we've got some a lot a lot of recruiting stuff going on. We got a decommit, but also two new commits into the fold, including a 2025 quarterback that has a really bright future looking at some of his film earlier this week. And then VZ is going to end us off with some basketball scoop and some things that he's here and, and going to see what Leonard Hamilton is going to do to turn this thing around in Tallahassee. But as always, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Google play Spotify. If you're on YouTube right now, feel free to hit the like button. Also comment. If you got any topics or questions you'd like us to go over, Feel free to throw them into the chat. We are not too far away, gentlemen, from Florida State's spring game next Saturday, the Seminole Showcase kicking off at 4 p.m. I'll be there. Dustin will be there. Uh, and Tommy Meyer, a part of our staff at NoelGamby.com, will be there. So we'll be having Tommy four- Meyer. Meyer. I know, right? Meyer, Meyer. <laughs> Poor Tommy. It's, it's going to be Meyer for a little bit longer once I get that into my brain. But – yeah, we'll be there giving you guys full coverage all around what's going on in Tallahassee during that weekend, including the spring game. And we'll have press conference afterwards, yada, yada, yada. And we'll have probably an instant reaction on here for you guys on Hear the Spear. So a lot of content coming next week, this week. Just got to get through a couple more things. And I uh, got a busy weekend ahead in Tallahassee next week. But let's jump into some practice observations, D. Lou. And I know, VZ, you read through some of the practice report, too. But it seemed like to me, just listening to Mike Norvell's press conference, he was really pleased about the enthusiasm, the energy, the competitiveness during this last practice on Tuesday afternoon. Dustin, what did, what kind of stood out to you? Because I'm seeing some of these veterans coming in and at least watching Jared Verse walk in on Tuesday. Like he, he almost just looked really mean and i i don't know I, I think from some of the reports and if you listen to our podcast you've heard about jared Bursa going against jaheem bell he's getting really talkative like he usually does but to see him also improving and seeing in your practice reports day after day after day of him showing out is really impressive from florida state's star defensive end for sure not as crazy of a day for verse on tuesday as far as some of the other spring practices that we've seen but he still was bringing that intensity that emotion like you said talking to guys before and after the snap things like that bringing a lot of intensity um to the defense but really on tuesday for me it was the running backs i mean really just that entire room from the beginning to the end of practice whether it was trey benson who we saw make some big plays one of the first times this spring it's really tough for him with that green non-contact jersey on because i mean as soon as a defender really gets in his vicinity they're whistling the play dead but he was able to make some big plays through the air on tuesday getting up out of the backfield a couple times one time going up grabbing a pass with one hand putting a move on a defender getting to the open field um rodney hill continues to have an excellent spring camp he had a nice touchdown run where he also pretty much juked a defender froze him up and then just exploded <clears throat> to the end zone. Mike Norvell came sprinting after him, dapping him up, celebrating and everything. And then CJ Campbell 
getting involved with a couple of touchdowns um, on the ground and then also catching a couple passes in the air as well. So, I mean, that running back room really showed out on Tuesday. So as we talked about when we did the position previews before the spring, just this running back room was stacked. And now that Rodney Hill's getting those chances, he's getting he's getting a big opportunity to shine. And, and to your point about Trey Benson with the contactless jersey, his his biggest attribute is his ability to break tackles. It's hard to do that in sprints. So yep. I'm sure once he gets live action, he's going to look a lot better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that green jersey doesn't help a whole ton. And we know what Trey Benson is physically, so not too worried there on that end with things. But just to see Rodney Hill cj campbell make these strides i mean we saw that with cj campbell last year he's one of those guys that always uh, stands out during the spring and i really i think we're gonna have a big discussion before the season if if cj campbell still sticks around and and is gonna ride with florida state in the 2023 because i do think this is a kid that has would have a ton of opportunities outside of tallahassee but i really do think that he likes playing behind this coaching staff and being in tallahassee with his teammates but this room is, is all over the place with different types of talent. You've also got a guy with Lawrence Toa Philly that we don't talk about a whole ton, but still makes some plays. And you're like, dang, okay, Lawrence Toa Philly still has it. Uh, another guy that also added some size was Toa Philly. And Coach Yak couldn't stop yapping about him. Sorry, I was just trying to go for something <laughs> there, but didn't go well. But he he's very high on his, on his running back. And that whole room, you know, I got to give a shout out to Coach Yak. That room continues to deliver year by year. That is a man that I understand we give our praise to Coach Atkins 24-7, but need to step up here and give Coach Johnson some praise for some of these guys, developing them from walk-ons to now guys transferring, being starters for some really good teams on the college level. No matter who's back there, it's a deep room. It's a consistent room. It uh, doesn't matter if they're pulling a guy who was a former walk-on and Treshawn Ward or, you know, a guy out of the transfer portal who didn't really – no one really knew about him and was questioning the take and Trey Benson. I mean, it's been kind of remarkable to see some of the guys that they brought in who have gone on to have a lot of success. And another room where we're seeing a lot of competition this spring is um, in that wide receiver room. And dating back to Thursday, Johnny Wilson came forward with his best practice of the spring. And it's not just – of, of course, we all know he can utilize that six foot seven frame, get up in traffic, make deep plays. But now he's starting to become more consistent as a route runner. And he's starting to understand concepts more, building more chemistry um, with Jordan Travis. And he's starting to contribute more of all over the field instead of uh, just deep passes and, and in the red zone, things like that. Um, he's going to be a dangerous player if he continues on this track. I mean, it's it's insane to see. We've already talked about, you know, how crazy it is, his athleticism, his speed for being six foot seven, um, 240 pounds as a wide receiver out there running against defensive backs. And, you know, now we're just seeing it more consistent, like I said, better route running, and he's just contributing um, in between more. And I think that's going to be a really big thing for Johnny Wilson as he moves into 2023. And another guy who I think is going to take a step, Patrick Payton, I mean, man, he's been insane as of late, blocked a field goal on Thursday. And then yesterday in practice, uh, it was one-on-ones, defensive line against offensive line. Um, he was matched up against a younger player on the team who's only been in the program for a year or two. But they were kind of chattering before the snap, and Peyton actually jumped off sides on the first two uh, what he thought were the whistles because he was just so amped up. And then when he finally hit the perfectly timed snap count, absolutely pummeled an offensive tackle just drove them into the turf and I mean the whole defense ran over there pretty crazy scene so I mean PP um, on the right track as we start to get towards 2023 it helps alleviate that loss of Derek McClendon 
to the transfer portal, like we talked about last week, you know, you can lose a guy with McClendon's caliber when you have a guy like Peyton Wade in the wings. Having him and Verse come off the edges this season with Peyton more and more developed and obviously Verse is hopefully going to be fully healthy. It's going to be a scary sight for offenses, and we're starting to see that. Yeah. Can you tell us, Dustin, being at the practices with Johnny, how has his consistency with catching the ball? Because I think that's just one thing that is hurting him. Definitely if he's moving, you know, plan on moving on after this year, that's going to be something that scouts are going to look at. And if, if he can keep his consistency, holding on to the ball, not dropping it, that that's a game changer. That's something that he's still been having to deal with <clears throat> since coming from Arizona State. And he's got to get better at that. And I think it's not just maybe a talent thing. It's just a mental game for him. And you see it happen in games where you're like, man, you just dropped a touchdown, my guy. Something he's just got to fit mentally. But how does he look just simply catching the ball with Jay Trav? Seems to be improving. That's something I paid a lot of attention to because we all saw Johnny Wilson struggle at times last year when it came to bringing the football and like you said, it, it does seem like a, a mental thing, maybe just a confidence factor. You know, after he drops a pass, he starts thinking about the next one and it just kind of expands, uh, ex- expounds on the mistakes. But so far through spring camp, you know, whenever he does have a drop, it doesn't seem like it's leading to two, three, four drops of practice. You know, he's rebounding from these mistakes. Like I said on Thursday, I don't know if there was one that hit the ground. And for the most part, his consistency has been getting better. And I think he's also worked himself into better shape than he was at the start of spring practice, which is also paying some real dividends. Mm. I'm, I love some Pat Payton and to see him continuing to approve. He made a huge jump this last spring camp, but the loss of Derek McLennan, you've got to have Pat Payton step up. You've also got to have Byron Turner step up. Gilbert Edmonds got to step up, but for Pat Payne, he should be able to help lead on the other side with Jared Verse. Um, you know, I I just don't know what Coach Papuchis is. Is He's got a, another coach that needs to be given a lot of respect for what he's been able to do in that room. And uh, Pat Payne should, should be uh, a monster, I, I think, in, in 2023, at least a breakout guy for Florida State, you know, coming off of a really strong performance last year earning those honors on the ACC. Just a, a guy that I think Florida State just looked at a couple of years ago. I was like, man, we can really do a lot of work. And, you know, I remember uh, Adam Fuller talking to us after this second scrimmage saying, you know, they sat down with Pat Payton and went through some goals and some things that they want him to work on and improve on. And, you know, he, he's bought into it. And that's something that you love to hear from a player, a younger player that has a chance to explode, but he's got to take it on and be focused. And I think that's huge for Florida State, what they want to do for Adam Fuller's defense going into this 2023 year, where we got to really get some answers to out of Gilbert Edmond. How, how does he look, Dust? I'm not sure if either you or Tommy have been able to keep a close eye on him, but just from the first couple of practices I was at, just an athletic frame guy that can move pretty swiftly, but I'm just wondering kind of his power power on him. Yeah, I agree with some of those sentiments that you just said. He's really a longer guy um, on the outside, long, long arms. And, I mean, he's physical. This is a guy coming in from the SEC who played over 700 snaps for South Carolina um, last season. So, I mean, he's not backing down from anybody. I I wouldn't say that he's dominating in the way that a Jared verse or that a Patrick Payton is right now. He's still kind of asserting himself into that defensive scheme and everything, but I mean, he's making strides as things go on. And and I think when you're looking at him and Byron Turner, you know, as that third and fourth man 
in the rotation, that that's a good thing for Florida State. Because, I mean, just the, the way that Jared Verse and Patrick Payton are performing right now, it's going to be really hard to keep them off the field for extended periods of time in 2023 as long as both of them are healthy. One player that just continues to make plays is Vondravius Jacobs. But on the other side, one player uh, came in the same class, five-star wide receiver Hakeem Williams, fellow wide receiver on that room for Ron Dugans. How has Hakeem looked? Because I've been seeing things, been hearing things about him starting to get some strides going. I think, too, a lot of it had to go into some conditioning, get used to some of these practices at the very beginning of camp. You know, Johnny Wilson was the same way, a little sluggish of a start. But as you can tell now, middle of camp, things are moving smoothly and he's on track. But what about Hakeem? We know Ben Dravius. He's doing his thing. I think we won't really get a true taste of what he brings to Mike Norvell's offense until Florida State kicks off their 2023 season. He's just just special to watch and practices, and I'm excited for some of these FSU fans to see him, just like how I was with Jared Versus last spring, to see his debut. But Vandravius is going to be special, but I think now we, we want to hear more from Hakeem, see what how he's developing. Vandravius uh, just keeps it going. I mean, man, day by day, the kid's been – extremely impressive, a, a very consistent fall camp for someone that just got to Florida State in January. But I think it's important to remember that he's someone that came in, come he's coming into Florida State extremely polished as a wide receiver, um, nearly led the state of Florida in receiving yards as a senior, caught 20, 20, 21 touchdowns as a senior. So he was very productive in high school for Vero Beach. And then you look over to a guy like Hakeem, you know, he's got that five-star potential. Um, he's an athletic freak on paper, but he's still got to develop those skills as a wide receiver, getting the, f- the footwork down, um, the consistency down, the route running, and that's stuff that's going to build um, day by day, working out there with Ron Dugans and getting instruction from Mike Norvell and everything on the field. And we're starting to see those improvements be made. Like you said, he's definitely playing his way into shape. So I think as the spring has gone on, we're starting to see more consistency from Hakeem, but so far, it's been really spread out in, I would say, flashes throughout practice. And really, you know, hoping to see now these final four or five practices, if he can put some some real consistency together here to end the spring off on a high note and have some momentum going into fall camp. I would definitely say Van Dravius has had the better spring camp, but you've got to remember the potential that Hakeem is going to bring to this offense, not only in 2023, if he can start to figure things out a little quicker, but also – moving forward into the rest of his career. This is a guy that could be um, a potential superstar at the college level. Yeah, and I don't think fans or anything or even me, anybody covering Florida State is going to just go and say, oh, well, Hakeem's not having as big of a spring like Vandravius Jacobs. I don't think a lot of other freshmen coming into any college team right now is going to be able to have that kind of performance, Dustin. But uh, just wait until we get out on, on onto an actual game field and see the kind of impact Hakeem will bring. Because you go back, look at his tape in high school. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any questioning that. Well, I'll finish off one last thing, at least from my end, on the practice reports and everything. Observations-wise, I think it's – phenomenal to see this if you're a Florida State fan seeing some of these freshmen standing out from practices Quindarius Jones Florida State true freshman safety Bishop Thomas young player going into his redshirt freshman year Ayabame Tafase who a lot of FSU fans are super excited for big size defensive lineman coming in loves the weight room and likes to be physical and then another guy that we know 
loves hitting people and will come right after you with Ontavius Woody making a few plays here and there. I think that just goes to show a lot of buy-in, but guys getting used to the system. And But for like Quindarius Jones to be doing things like this, Ayabame Tafase, yeah, Ayabame Tafase could practice last year. He couldn't hit the field or anything, but just to see these st- these four standing out, I'm sure there's some other guys, but these specifically, I, I, it's it's so good to see because I, I'll be honest with you guys. I think these they're going to find playing time in 2023 just because I think Florida State's going to put some games away pretty early. In my opinion, they were starting to do that last year. So we're going to see some playing time from Quindarius Jones. We're going to see Ayabame Tafase. We're going to see Ontavius Woody. We're going to see Bishop Thomas. But to see them already improving and making this jump, in the middle of spring camp as I think really significant should be watched more. Notice it's impressive. More. It's, it says a lot about the talent across Florida state's roster to have not only these veterans showing up every day, but also these flashes from young guys who, if they're not going to contribute this year, then they could still play vital roles for Florida state um, down the line. And I think we've talked about Quindarius Jones on here before, but I mean, he's another guy having a very consistent camp back there in that defensive backfield, despite just getting the Florida state, in January. And I mean, it's an example, another example of the, the scouting job that this Florida state staff has done. Uh, FSU was the only scholarship offer that Quindarius Jones reported in his recruitment. And I think I, we talked about the story either a week or two weeks ago, but you know, it had me wondering down the line, you know, is, is the kid, is there something wrong here? Is he not gonna be able to qualify academically, but it was just a really good scouting job from Florida state. And now you're really seeing it um, comes in about six foot two, right in that build that Florida State likes of long and lengthy defensive backs. And, I mean, man, he's been very competitive out there. He's he's not just getting matched up with walk-on wide receivers or guys on a third team. Quindarius Jones is battling against Johnny Wilson nearly every day, whether it's in one-on-ones or seven-on-seven. And, of course, Johnny's gotten his number a couple of times. But, I mean, lately you're starting to see Quindarius Jones get in there, force an incompletion, get a deflection. So, I mean, the growth, you know, not only from from Van Dravius, who has shined and has been a freshman that we're going to spend a lot of time talking about, obviously, with how quickly he's asserted himself. But there's a lot of other guys in that Tribe 23 class who I think are going to be extremely impressive uh, competitors for Florida State. Yeah, Quindarius Jones on Tuesday afternoon forcing an incompletion in the end zone going against the tall giant Johnny Wilson. So any kind of an, any kind of moves being made on that side is huge. So some nice flashes from some of the, these younger players. I thought too, with Mike Norvell mentioning some of the veterans, Jared Burst, Johnny Wilson, and Jordan Travis continuing to make strides. I, we've already talked about Jared. We've talked about Johnny, but Jordan Travis Minor Vell has started has praised him since the introductory press conference, maybe even going back to tour of duty whenever we were there and we had our media day after they finished up the tour of duty workout. I think, you know, just watching Jordan Travis, he's a more hands-on guy with some of the players, definitely in his positioning group. But outside of that, we saw a little bit of a change too near the latter half of the season during practices with him being a little more chippy with the defense, a little bit more trash talking there. But I'm also seeing some of his tweets and, you know, a, a guy that has a chip chip on his shoulder going into this season. And I think too, these vets, the guys, their most talented guys seeing the improvement here, on Florida State side is really excited Mike Norvell, but 
you got to have your QB one making these moves and to see J trap do this is, is, is huge for Florida state. I mean, it, it's quite obvious, but um, you know, it spreads around the entire team when your quarterbacks making these developments. Is it any surprise? I mean, Jordan Travis is a player who has been developed immensely uh, since he got to Florida state. And I mean, that's a testament to FSU's coaching staff, but it's also a testament to a very special work ethic and mindset that a guy like Jordan Travis has. And I mean, it's allowed him to make leaps and bounds that I don't think a lot of us thought were possible um, whenever he came into Florida State in 2019 from Louisville or when he stepped out as a starter in 2020 at times for Florida State. I mean, the develop the developments that he's made over the last couple of years are comparable to, to not many other players um, to play in college football. So it's it's been pretty insane to see. And I think you've got to like – where he's going right now, definitely continuing to progress as a leader. And then he's just developing more chemistry with these guys, understanding more nuances of, of Mike Norvell's offense. I mean, they're consistently, we saw it last year during practices, um, whenever Jordan's done with a drive or a series or a drill, you know, he'll go over, talk with Norvell for 30 seconds or a minute, you know, get, get in this, get on the same page with each other and then move on. And I, I think that's, helped both of them kind of see the field together, if that makes sense. Whenever Jordan's out there, he's kind of seeing things through Norvell's eyes. Huge, too, for the back end of that quarterback room. I mean, for Brock Glenn to look up to that, A.J. Duffy, most importantly, in my opinion, and Tate Rodemaker, but really looking at those two youngsters with Duffy and Glenn to have someone to look up to, you know, Florida State's not going to have that next year. I mean, of course, you've got the transfer portal, and nowadays anything can change, but still to have a veteran inside of that system as a starter, you're not going to have that in, in 2024. So while he's here, I would think that all of those quarterbacks and those young guys should be looking up and taking any type of advice from him because they've seen a quarterback – He's one that has shown that he will buy in. He, you know, he's able to be coached and coach Tokars does a great job of that. And I'm excited to see too, just the development because he's no longer based off of running. This is not a running quarterback anymore. We saw it last year. This guy is going to keep his eyes downfield. And sometimes it did hurt him. I will be honest. I mean, sometimes that's something that I hope that they work on because that put them in some tough spots last year where, you know, we were like, J-Trap, you know, just go ahead and ride, run five yards. You can do that. That's simple and easy. But I I don't want to see him kind of having to answer the critics anymore. Just take the ball and run it. You got it. But that's something that, you know, they'll look at and watch film and hopefully improve on going into this 2023 season where they'll start off against LSU and Orlando. Anything else worth mentioning from practices and anything else from that end? Dustin, anything else really standing out? to you i mean we could go on for (laughs) a little bit longer but i mean i love i love talking to practice you know that but at some point it kind of gets a little kind of repetitive it is spring so we're not also no games being had so it's the same guys going against one another but just to watch some of these newcomers the biggest thing you want to look at is newcomers true freshmen making strides and the icing on the cake is that you're seeing jared versus jordan travis johnny wilson making major strides and you know that's that's scary for the acc very scary uh let's jump into some recruiting real quick d lou some some decommits and some new additions in their classes where do you want to start off with the good 
the bad, or maybe both are good, in my opinion. Maybe both are good. Do you want to start with three-star defensive tackle, Kishan Mashburn, decommitting from Florida yeah. State? Yeah, let's start off with that We can one. just go chronologically. Okay. So, first off, Keyshawn Mashburn announced his decommitment from Florida State um, Thursday morning last week, so a day after we did the podcast. And this was more of a mutual parting of ways between Florida State and Mashburn, obviously a local prospect from Monroe High School. He'd been committed to FSU um, since the summer. But, you know, there are some other higher caliber targets on the board for Florida State, especially on that interior defensive line. You know, one of them, five-star Kamarion Franklin, recently on campus back in March. And FSU also already has three-star um, defensive tackle Jamori Flagg, who was also on campus last month. He's committed currently in that 2024 class. I mean, it really just came down to numbers, and there's a lot of other guys that Florida State still likes that are on the board at this time. So they made the, the decision to part ways there and, and obviously wishing Mashburn all the best as he looks for his next stop. Mm, yeah, man. I mean, at this point, you know, Florida State's at the caliber now where they can say, sorry, you know, we – I thought that maybe you'd be a nice addition to the class, but there are some nice other cars out there that yeah. we also really like. And our budget has <laughs> gone up a little bit, <laughs> literally and figuratively, our budget has gone up quite a bit, but yeah, Florida state is always going to be known for that defensive tackle room, which, which coach Odell Hagan's deserves all the credit in the world for, but you know, mm-hmm. you got to move on and things happen. So I, I don't think you, uh, you know, major loss there uh, you, and then, I'm trying to think chronologically, this would be next uh, Tramel next. Yep. Yeah, Tramel Jones, 2025 quarterback, Florida State and Tony Tokars. Mike Norvell looking early ahead at some talent. I was able to spend a little time this week looking at his film. Our guy, Brian Stork, also put out some film and gave some analysis on that. If you guys aren't following him on Twitter, I highly suggest it. But seems, you know, early, early. Not going to say much more, but – at least talent-wise, you like what you're seeing off of some high school film. This one's been coming for uh, quite some time. You know, Tramel Jones already has been at Florida State a couple of times this year. Back in January, he named FSU as leader, and I actually put in a recruiting prediction in our Discord um, around that time. So, I mean, this was kind of the expectation, I would say. This is a guy not yet ranked by – a majority of the recruiting services because he's a 2025 prospect, but he's someone that Florida state has already been able to evaluate a ton, not only through, you know, film, but also having him on purpose. He was actually at FSU back in July for the Seminole showcase, working out in front of the coaching staff in Doe Campbell stadium. That was the day he was actually offered um, by Florida state following his performance, throwing in front of Tony Tokar. So, I mean, this is a guy that they've scouted immensely. They really like his mindset off of the field, um, as well, and they feel like he can develop into something special here at Florida State. And, um, yeah, I mean, a really a really good kid. It, it was funny how it worked out. He came out, end of his visit on Saturday, came over to, to speak to some of us, and, I mean, let us know right there that he had pulled the trigger and committed to Florida State. So FSU gets another pledge in that 2025 class. They've already got wide receiver D.L. Hardison committed, who, who committed during the fall um, of last year. So – some early signs building here for Tribe 25, which looks like it could be an extremely special class for FSU. Jones is actually a high school teammate of 
five-star wide receiver, Jamie French. And he was actually on campus as well whenever Jones pulled the trigger and committed to Florida State. And Jones immediately said during his interview, you know, that's a guy that he, he already knows that I want him to come play with me, basically. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see how it goes from here. But I think someone with Jones, you know, it's good to get him in early. Go ahead and get your quarterback for that 2025 class. And I does, I don't think it necessarily stops FSU from pursuing a second QB in the class if the numbers are necessary. No, not at all. I'm all about getting a quarterback in early. I think that's great. Set the foundation, work off of that, and start working on, at least offensively, and start working on your skilled players and wrap around and going through the trenches, everything. So I say always start off with your quarterback and allow, allow him to be the bell cow and help recruit. Uh, and then last all, be all with Jaden Parrish a three-star 2024 linebacker committing to Florida State and Randy Shannon. Seeing a few things on Twitter, some takes here and there, but one thing that stands out, he's very physical. He likes to hit. You go back to some of the Florida State days, Florida State used to have some linebackers that would hit and it'd be lethal. But, you know, Parrish is certainly one to come in and do that, but there's some other things that he's going to have to work and develop on to improve. But a physical linebacker, you never, you know, you can never go wrong with a physical linebacker, but there's got to be some other things that he's got to work on. But Randy Shannon grabs a young, you know, 2024 linebacker. Mm. If you're someone that watches the recruiting rankings, Whenever this kid committed the other night, you were probably like, "What? what is going on here? Mm-hmm. But I think you've got to remember that that's not what Florida State's coaching staff does. I mean, I mentioned Quindarius Jones earlier in this podcast, but, I mean, you can even think about a guy like Brian Courtney, who they found playing quarterback in Virginia and offered him as a tight end. I mean, the kid looks like he has a pretty good future at Florida State. So, I mean, this could very well be a case of Florida State getting in early on a quality linebacker prospect, like you said, a big hitter, someone who takes smart smart angles on tackles for a guy who's only about to start his senior year of high school. Remember, just coming off of his junior season. And, I mean, he's decently athletic as well. I don't think he's an elite athlete, but, I mean, good enough to play at the D1 level at Florida State. And he was extremely productive. I mean, you look over at his stats, 153 tackles last year, 10 tackles for loss, four sacks, multiple interceptions. This kid was con- consistently – putting himself in a position um, to make plays. So, I mean, he's not the highly rated recruit at this stage um, of the recruiting cycle. But, I mean, we'll see how things progress from here. And, I mean, also, whenever you look at Florida State's linebacker board, not extremely strong and not extremely deep um, at this point. So, for FSU to go ahead and get a kid in the boat, an in-state kid who's productive in a state where a lot of quality football is played and a lot of good recruits come out of it, I think it's a smart move for FSU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I do like that point because it's not the end all be all yet. This is not who you, I don't think you're rely on solely in that class, but it is a concern a tiny bit here with how thin Florida State's going cycle by cycle in that linebacker room. So, you know, Randy Shannon, I think, is going to got to look more into building some depth there. And, you know, be, I know Florida State relies heavily on that transfer portal. That's fine, but being able to go in and develop your own talent is huge. But I really like. You know, Quindarius Jones, the guy that we saw at the elite camp. That was when he got the offer. Yeah. The only guy that was giving him Jerry. You're in the background. You're in the background of his Twitter post where he tweeted, like, got the offer from FSU. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Am I really? From who's? Quindarius? Yeah. If you, like, go look at his Twitter and go back to whenever he tweeted, like, offered by FSU. I'm pretty sure you're in it. I I feel bad for him. I feel bad for him. (laughs) 
Why, why did you have to ruin his picture like that? That's crazy. Man. I know. I was about to say, man, I, I hate to ruin that image for him. He's like trying to go find it right now. Yeah, please do. Because that would just, you know, now I feel special. I feel special. But I like <laughs> Darius Jones. That kid flashed when we saw him in person at that lead camp. Yeah, uh, damn. Okay. You're, you're Andreas Jacobs, man. You're a good player. But this kid, I don't even know who he is is making some plays on you, man, and then ends up getting an offer. Then he commits, and now he's making plays, going against Johnny Wilson. It's like badass. Now I'm in his offer photo. Like, I mean, it just doesn't get any better than that. DM'd it to you if you really want to. Can't wait to see it. But, yeah, nice – a very nice uh, pickup, at least production-wise, and we'll see where it goes from there. Yep, there I am. There I am sitting there just (laughs) with a big Chick-fil-A cup in my hand talking to our good friend, Ben Myerson from Tomahawk nation. So, and also your roommate and my roommate. Yep. He's over there in the other room. So he came that day for no reason. Yeah. Just kind of came to hang out, show him what we do, which is just look at 16, 15 year olds. So anyways, not to freak anybody else. Let's keep moving on here. Uh, well, this might freak some people out. Let's talk some FSU basketball in Little Hamilton. No, no, um, no, 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 no. Oh, we got oh, one more. Oh, we forgot. Yeah, we forgot. And I even brought it up in the production meeting. I did. I did bring it up. Yeah. Florida State 2024 quarterback Sorry. commit, Luke Cromenhawk, has been invited oh. to the Elite 11 Finals. Congratulations to him, former Hear the Spirit guest on Here With Us. Great interview there if you guys have not gone and listened to that. But congratulations. A big-time invite there. Dustin's laughing. Yeah. You just say former like it was years ago and it was like three weeks ago. I don't know. No, three weeks ago I was here. And I moved in here. Yeah. So it was two weeks ago? Oh, no. That would have been like four or five weeks ago. Anyways... Our former Hear the Spear guest, hopefully we'll have him on here again soon, but uh, congratulations to him earning those. Who who uh, who else has been offered like some – like I'm trying to now think. That's immediately what I think about is his competition that he's going to have to go after, you know, go against. Yeah, there was another quarterback that got invited um, on Sunday as well. I can't remember, but it's a kid, kid from the state of Florida – um, but right now it's, it's pretty early. This was only the second regional that's been held so far by the elite 11. They've got another, I think five or, or maybe even six to go. So, I mean, these invites are going to continue to go out over the next couple of months. And then the finals are probably going to be held in June, late June. Last year it was, um, June 28th to 30th in Los Angeles. But I mean, so there's still some regionals to go. A lot of elite quarterbacks have yet to be invited to this officially but i mean it's going to be an extremely competitive event you can expect all the top 2025 guys to be there basically but there was one other recruit that i wanted to talk about and that's five-star safety kj bolden the number four recruit in the country according to 247 sports i'll make this quick for austin but he was on campus the last two days arrived on monday um, which was huge for Florida State because they're holding these big visits on, you know, the weekends and you have 30, 40, 50 prospects come in there. But then you have a guy like K.J. Bolden come in on a Monday and the staff is able to put a lot of personal attention on him. You know, not just one position coach, not just Mike Norvell, everybody on that entire staff, whether it's recruiting staffers, 
you know, everybody. So KJ <laughs> Bolden, <laughs> everyone, everyone everybody. at Florida State was there for KJ Bolden. Pretty much. Uh, so he arrived. Whole staff was out there waiting on him. Had the war chant blaring. That was that was pretty cool. And then he was able to spend a lot of time, a lot of personal time with the staff, go through meetings, meet players, um, have a he said a pretty cool photo shoot. Then on Tuesday, remained at Florida State as well, watched the entire practice, um, paid very close attention to how Coach Fuller and Coach Sertan were working with their respective units. And this was his first time at Florida State in nearly two years. Last visit was in June of 2021. So, I mean, getting one of the top prospects back in the country, absolutely huge for the Seminoles as they, as they tried to secure an official visit from Bolden. Um, he hasn't committed to any official visits outside of Ohio State at this time. So, I mean, he said he's going to announce at the end of April. We'll see if this was enough for Florida State to uh, get their foot in the door, basically. But, I mean, Bolden, he grew up a fan of Florida State, said that he watched every game last year um, during Florida State's 10-win campaign. Uh, when he was asked about FSU, he was saying a lot of a lot of we, a lot of us, which, I mean, is very hmm. interesting, you know, obviously. Said the meeting with Mike Norvell blew him away. One of the first times his mo- he looked over and saw his mother, you know, shaking her head, kind of agreeing with the message that Norvell was putting out there. So, I mean, I think FSU really did everything they could on this visit to impress Bolden and his family. We'll see how it goes from here. But, I mean, for, for this to be his first visit in nearly two years, I, I think they pulled it off as nearly as good as they could have. I think it helps too now. Now it's going to rely a little bit on your bell cows in the class. You got to look at Luke. Got to look at Cam Davis, Camden Fryer. You got to look at those guys in the class to help move this on and to have those notions definitely with mom agreeing with Norvell. You know, Florida State, Mike, we've talked about it tons of times. Don't need to harp on it much more, but Florida State does a good job once they get these players on campus. Yep. And it's just containing them and also holding on to, you know, hopefully if you were to land a commitment, but getting these high caliber players or they're able to get them just holding on to them in Florida State, Mike Norvell, what they're able to do hands on wise face to face is one of the best in the country. Uh, But there's a difference. You can do that, but you got to land them. So, you know, I think there's I think Florida State's in a good spot and it seems to be that way. And we got our our patented dream school quote, uh, Bolden said. Florida State's just always been my dream school. I feel like everything about Florida State is perfect. Mm-hmm. So some very some very interesting quotes from him. And, you know, he could have just been talking to reporters. That, that definitely happens. But, I mean, it's well documented that he's a guy who grew up a fan of Florida State, and I think he was impressed to see that the program is going back in the way that it was, you know, whenever he was younger growing up watching this program. Yeah, 100%. Well, let's jump into some basketball because VZ has a meeting to go to. So give give us a rundown. I know a lot of things are happening left and right. Guys in the transfer portal. You're also expecting some attrition inside that locker room at Florida State. And then also you got some players that also have a brother that plays football here in Tallahassee (laughs) that also handed a really talented player that hit the transfer portal. So a couple things going on, VZ. What do you want to start off with? Uh, let's let's start with the Florida State side first with Caleb Mills entering the transfer portal. I kind of predicted it last week when I said, you know, by the time this podcast comes out, th- this might not be true anymore, but no one had entered the portal. The next day, Caleb Mills was in the portal. Um, mm-hmm. I was surprised he was the first one in. I was not surprised he entered. 
it was one of those he needed to go. I think we can all sit here and agree Mills is an extremely talented player. Just doesn't fit what Florida State needs to do. And, and we're see, we're seeing how talented he is just by how many schools have reached out to him. It's He's visiting Memphis tomorrow. He's been contacted by Kansas, Arkansas, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, NC State, Gonzaga. Gonzaga. I'm sure I'm missing – his old school Houston reached back out to him. I'm sure I'm missing a half dozen of them. Um, but it's, it's a who's who of names as far as who's contacted him so far. It's it's going to be interesting to see how they replace him. We've seen Florida State contact a ton of guards, which we'll touch on here in a second. Um, like I said, it's one that needed to happen, unfortunately, as talented as he is. It just it didn't work. I mean, but I sat here two years ago when he when he committed to Florida State as a transfer and be like, this is FSU's next big thing. You kept hearing it out of Tallahassee that this kid's amazing. It just didn't work out for whatever reason. It stinks. I thought it was extremely fun to watch last, or not this last season, but the year before that. But then things just collapsed this year. I mean, I was sitting watching the game with Dustin at the end of the season. I was like, man, this is not the Caleb Mills I watched in 2021. It's just not. Yeah, too much of an isolation score at times. And I mean, you really saw it, you know, hurt him during this this poor campaign for Florida State, a shooting percentage percentages fell off a cliff um, despite him averaging 13 points a game. So, I mean, it was, it was just tough to watch. I mean, it was, you know, not a good season for Florida state. He, he leaves Florida state as FSU's all-time leading or FSU's all-time leader in free throw percentage though. So you're losing at least something there. Um, I think the best way to describe him is, I don't know how many people are familiar with this guy's play style, but he's basically Monte Ellis. You know, a guy that's going to get you a whole bunch of buckets, but if he's scoring a lot, how much are you winning? He's one of those kind of players. Um, it's just not what Florida State needed. Florida State needs vocal leaders on and off the court. Um, like I said, it's going to be interesting to see how they place it. They've been named finalists for two guys, or two guys have put them in their top list. The first one, as, as we just alluded to, Jalen Deloach, brother of Florida State linebacker Kalen Deloach, uh, Spent his first part of his career at VCU. He has entered the transfer portal and named Florida State to his top six um, either yesterday or the day before. Um, yesterday. Yesterday. He's a very athletic 6'9", 215 forward. I'm not sure how big a chance Florida State stands in this one. Honestly, you know, just the way Hamilton likes their bigs, they prefer a little bit more size there. And he, he's not one of those guys that can space the floor at all. He's not attempted a three in his entire career at VCU. Um, as much as we all would like it to happen, it's going to be interesting to see if it does. Um, Florida State should be visiting him here shortly. We'll see what comes of that. But as of now, I'm not expecting anything too much. He did an interview with 24-7 yesterday. And the, the exact way he ended it off was Florida State is an option. So take that for what you will. I'm I'm not expecting too much from it, but it is interesting to see. You know, obviously, would like to keep it in the family here. Yeah, uh, yeah. What what are you? What is your take on it, Dustin? I think he, I mean, I don't know. I feel like he'd be a good addition. Had a pretty quality sophomore season for VCU. I do agree with VZ that FSU normally goes for taller big men, but. Mm-hmm. Didn't work out this past time for you. Might as well try something new, Ham. I mean, if, if, <laughs> if, if they want to if they want to stick to switching everything, he's the perfect player. As athletic as he is, as a guy that's 6'9", 215, he's super bouncy, can block all the shots you need him to. 
but I just don't know if he has the size to compete as a five in the ACC. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the other player they were named to finals for was Georgetown guard Primo Spears. Uh, it was Florida State, TCU, Kansas, and – oh, God. Someone else. Oh, God. Uh, I just lost it. Uh, Anyways, he, he set up visits to TCU in Kansas. Um, we're waiting to see what he does with Florida State and the other school. I'm mad. I forgot the other one. I had right. pulled up and then deleted it. Um, <laughs> That's the school he's going to commit to. Yeah, and, and, uh, well, and we're gonna get ripped apart, and we're gonna get ripped apart. It's, we're gonna lose it's, Ar- it's, it's Arkansas. I, okay, it's, it's now Arkansas. we're good. Arkansas. Now we're good. We're gonna keep our subscribers. Now, thank goodness. Um, Woo, got close. He he led Georgetown in scoring, but take that for what you worth, because Georgetown was horrendous. You think Florida State was bad last year? Georgetown was twice as bad. Damn. Um, I'll look that yikes. up. That's saying a lot. <laughs> They, I, mean, they have, I gotta stop with the harping on. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna change my mind. Next podcast, I'm back to pro basketball. I'm just my last little bit there. It ticked me off last year with basketball being. It, it, it did with me too. No, no one more than me. Yeah, um, but uh, he, he's a talented guard. I don't know how well he'd fit Florida State as a guy. That, he's very similar to Caleb Mills to me, just a little bit more vocal. Um, very talented isolation scorer. I just don't know if that's what Florida State necessarily needs. Yeah. Um. But they just they need guards in general. There's a couple guys that I'd like them to pursue even more heavily. I know they reached out to Hofstra transfer uh, Aaron Estrada. I, I, I'm all over him. If Florida State can somehow be in the finals for him, I'd be ecstatic. Um, almost 20 points per game. I know 20 points per game, 37 percent from three, and four assists. Like that's what Florida State needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They need, they need some game changers, not some playmakers. They need game changers at this point, you know, someone to elevate this team. The only other transfer news we have so far is Coach Hamilton will be visiting LaSalle transfer Josh Knuckleberry starting tomorrow. He's going to be doing an in-home visit with him in Philadelphia. Um, Knuckleberry is actually a guy that they recruited in high school, and Hamilton's taking the initiative on this one. You know, he's he's close with Knuckleberry's family already, um, and Knuckleberry said – in an interview earlier today that he's almost exclusively just talked to coach Hamilton in this transfer process, which is to me pretty interesting. Usually you see the assistants take the lead on stuff like this. Um, Hamilton's all over this kid, you know, 40% three point shooter from LaSalle started his career at Louisville before transferring. Um, obviously the relationships there, Florida state wants them. They're going to have a great chance right now. I think it's just Florida state and South Carolina. Okay. I got one to ask you about Austin. Jaden Bradley from Alabama recently entered the portal. And he was a guy, I don't know if you ever sat on here before, but, I mean, he was a guy for a while. You thought he was going to end up at Florida State based off some backstory in the recruitments. I mean, what are we thinking about this one? Could he be a fit now? So it's it's interesting. So he, where he started his high school career is two minutes down the block from my house here in, in North Carolina. Um, so I, I know I've been following his – I've followed his recruitment heavily – Florida State was heavily involved in his recruitment early. And then just towards the end, I don't know if they thought he wasn't going to fit as much or they just really fell in love with the idea of Chandler Jackson, which for a good reason, Jackson's a great player and will be a great player going forward. It's going to be interesting. I, I saw uh, – it definitely piqued my interest when he entered the portal. Florida State needs more experience at the guard position, I think. You know, you, you could take a flyer on a guy like him. I don't know how much it's going to help, to be honest with you. Um, I know there's some guys on this team right now that are close with him and would, would love him to be in Tallahassee next season. I just don't know if it's what's best for Florida State. I'm definitely going to keep a close eye on it, for sure. 
Coach mm-hmm. Hamilton's very close with his family. Um, I'm pretty sure Coach Smith has a connection as well. It's 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 going to be interesting. It's definitely a name I'm keeping my eye on. And I believe there will be some mutual interest. Um, like I said, Florida State needs experienced guards. That's what wins in college basketball. We we just saw it uh, with UConn, just how much experience that team had. You, you need you need experience to win in the, at this level. Okay, maybe something to keep. Definitely want to keep a close eye on that. And I think too, we're going to see some attrition. You know, you're expecting that VZ maybe taking a little bit longer than expected but you know florida state that roster room should it, it needs to happen soon man uh, <laughs> there's some guys on the roster that i cannot wait to get off <laughs> i'm not going to name names here are you getting nervous that some are sticking around no <laughs> because i know they'll leave eventually i just want it to be sooner rather than later have <laughs> <laughs> better sleep at night knowing that locker room's a little thinner yeah yeah and, and maybe shorter <laughs> oh yeah there you go there you go there you go uh any anything else feasy basketball wise before we get to next week that's all we got right now i'm like i said yeah. it's probably gonna be like last week where we're gonna get off here and someone's gonna enter the transfer portal yep uh, so. that's what we got right now yep something will probably happen tomorrow so get ready for that on the basketball side someone will certainly hit the transfer portal um i wanted to mention one last thing before we end up Hopping off out of here, our guy Jamie Robinson is going to have four visits. He's had four top 30 NFL team visit invites. He's actually currently right now with the Las Vegas Raiders, but also getting an invite from the New England New England Patriots, Arizona Cardinals, and also the Green Bay Packers. I think four of those teams would love to have them in their secondary. But, you know, this is no shocker to us. Definitely after speaking with him and then sharing a few texts with him, this is a guy that does really good at interviews. I think it's great he's getting all these invites. But I'm, I'm, I think, I think Jamie's kind of moving up a little bit with some of these boards. And I think he's, it's going to be fun day two, kind of early kind of guy at this point. He's, he's looking good. And he, he's shown consistency in all of his workouts. Pro day went well. He did his thing in the senior bowl, NFL combine. We know what he did last season. There's a lot of capabilities that you can use him in a certain scheme on the NFL side for a defensive coordinator. So look at Florida State Price and another really good, talented safety into the league early in this upcoming draft, which I'm really excited for covering here in a few weeks. So uh, good luck and safe travels to him making these visits. Uh, I think that's going to do it, guys, to wrap up this week. Nothing too crazy. Next week will be a lot busier with Florida State getting ready for its spring game next Saturday at 4 p.m. with the Seminole Showcase. We've got a show on Monday night with Brian Stork with a handful of other former Seminoles, including some former Hear the Spear guys, including James Wilder Jr. Um, I'm going to have to go through some of these texts here, but there might be a big name that will be joining us that I think a lot of you guys would love to hear from that doesn't really get on social media as much, but uh, waiting on confirmation for that one, just a guy that put a nasty stick arm, uh, stiff arm on a Clemson defender back in 2013 and might've been one of the best tight ends to ever come through Florida state. So James water, Sway Matias, Join us. What do you say? Kasparowski? Yeah. I, might, I can't give it away, Dustin. 
I can't give it away like that. Just a guess. <laughs> but uh, what's unique about this show on Monday is that Brian's going to be sharing some 2013 practice film, which I feel like a lot of people will pay money to watch. I feel like a lot of people would pay some money to watch. I'd probably go to an AMC theater for this, but Brian's got the film for it. And we're going to see some behind the scenes of what built that 2013 national championship team. So that'll be on Monday night at seven o'clock. So looking forward to being on there with Brian. My hands are kind of off on that. And he does a great job of answering questions and everything. So make sure you guys join us for that. Should be a really nice show leading us into the spring game, which Brian Stork is actually bringing an RV down with his friends and he's going to be jumping around doing some tailgating. And we plan on meeting up with him before the Seminole showcase on Saturday. So busy jam packed week next week. So appreciate everybody hanging on with us for a shorter episode this week. As always, you listen to this podcast on iTunes, Google play, Spotify, YouTube, hit the like button on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. Appreciate everybody being with us this week. And we will talk to you guys next Wednesday as we preview Florida State's 2023 spring Seminole showcase. See you guys. Five, same color t-shirt